Hey everybody, welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G. We are back for episode 201. That's right, we've crossed over into the 200s. I'm super excited. We are in our sixth season of the show. We're on year four or five, I believe, and we're just keeping the ball rolling with the next and latest guest this week. But before we get to them, I want to give a big, wonderful shout out and amazing thank you to the folks that bring you this show each and every week. Falaya Real Estate, Currency Bank, the bank for business owners, Lake Men's Health Center, Horizon Financial Group, and Gage. Without further ado, we've got Mr. Ian in the studio of River Road oh, Coffee, you. sir. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. I'm excited. We were talking beforehand about this being a second generation business yeah. of River Road Coffee. So yeah. let's back up and look and explore that first generation. How did how did your dad get yeah. into this? What led him into starting something? And I'm curious also behind the name. I think I know the answer, okay. but I'm curious as <laughs> My, to how we got The name here. of the company is not that romantic a name. It's, it's a, I think it's a funny story, though. Uh, so my dad, um, the way he puts it is he was always, he's always pretty much been in the coffee business. But really, the way he started was he was always a, a, a go-getter. He was a kid from one of seven boys, grew up on the farm, and the joke, not so funny joke, but the joke in his family was your 18th birthday was the day they helped you move out of the house. <laughs> You know, I mean, the, really? that's really the way his family operated. And, okay. uh, yeah, they were on the farm. They lived in Back Brule. He'd be sure to tell you to stress Back Brule. <laughs> what, what's the difference between Back well, and Front the Brule? the rich people lived in Front Brule. <laughs> ah, the ones that were okay to be seen by yeah, public. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, he grew up in that way, and he knew right away he was, he was going to have to leave, and so he joined the Navy, and he spent, I think, three years in the Navy. And when he got out, uh, he started working for a frozen sandwich company. Uh, we don't know it now. We're both a little too young for this. You're much too young. But uh, convenience stores used to have frozen sandwiches that were heated up by convection ovens. There was no such thing as a microwave. And so that used to be the thing that a lot of convenience stores would sell. Well, he went to work for a company that did that. They okay. supplied store uh, convenience stores. Well, right when he went to work for them, he... Immediately started, he's a hard worker and a go-getter and a self-starter. And so he kept moving up in the company. And almost right away, they wanted to add on a coffee service to their to their company. So he helped them get started with that. And started he started immediately working with that on that side of the company. So he worked for them doing the coffee the coffee service for that, that company for some years. They eventually went defunct. And then he moved on to some other options. Uh, Fast forward several years and, and a few different companies. Uh, he was working for his own small company in Baton Rouge. He was running just the service side in Baton Rouge, and he had started his own company. And a big competitor in the area came and offered him a job and said, you know, we'd like for you to come to work for us and shut this down and you come work for us. And he did. And so he did that for about nine years. And after nine years, they let him go. No, in his words, no real reason why. They just came in one day and he said, well, I'm 55 years old. I, <clears throat> all I know is a coffee business. I'm going to do that again. So he started a coffee service business again. But this time it was under all under him and just for everything that he could do on his own. So that's kind of how we, he got started. So was there any entrepreneurial family members that like he looked at too and said, you know, they've done this in the past. It's something no, I can do. No, that's what I mean. His whole or he was like first first time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was. You know, I think a couple of his brothers went to college. I don't know if any of them completed college, but they wound up being farmers. And you know, no, he he, <laughs> he was the first. He was the first. He was the first. Yeah, uh, he was the first go getter. It's very interesting to look back at the family and see the seven boys and how different they all turned out i mean it's amazing that one of the guys my uncle one of my uncles is still a farmer you know he's he's moved way out to marangwin now because Bruley was too too, too big you know it was too, too big, big. Yeah. he had to go to marangwin so he moved out to marangwin <laughs> but i mean it's just interesting you know to see how they've flopped out like that and my dad started this business and he was i think he just was a work hard guy and he saw an opportunity for himself to to do it and so so, so he starts out at 55, a yeah. brand new business, yeah. but in an industry he's known. And he's yes. got all these connections to start doing the process. Yeah. At, at what point 
did you come into the picture? Because now you're the the second generation. Well, I was just coming out of the military. Okay. I was just finished with the Marine Corps, and I was coming home, and I was going starting to go to school back at LSU for information systems, and he just needed a little help. So he was out selling and doing the things that he does, and we were initially buying our coffee roasted and packaged by a company in New Orleans, a, a specialty coffee roaster in New Orleans. And uh, I just was helping him. We would repack it and, and put it in our boxes and, you know, and that sort of thing and make it ready for a service. That's really what I started doing. And he got busier and busier and busier. And then he, uh, there's a lady in town. She used to be a news reporter and things like that, Deborah Sowers. And she owned a coffee shop called Perks. And I think she had two locations at the time, but she roasted her own coffee. And like my dad, he gets around a lot and sees a lot of people. He met her and she was roasting her own coffee and said, hey, why don't I teach you how to roast your own coffee? Okay. So he said, hey, I'm, why don't you go over? <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, yeah. you got to go learn how to yeah. roast the coffee. Why don't you go over and talk with Deborah Sowers and see if she'll teach you how to roast coffee? And that's what I did. I went over and learned from her. She taught me how to source green coffee. And so that's how we got started. Uh, really, we, were using, we started using her roaster in her shop to roast our coffee. Okay. So I want to dive into that. Yeah. How, like, can you walk us through how you actually roast coffee and like the, the, the process, not, you know, your trade secrets yeah, or course. anything, but just well, the general, cause it's no, always fascinating to me. Yeah. You can buy custom blends elsewhere. So it's like, <laughs> how do you do it? What's that process? Well, the physical roasting of it is, I guess, the simple part, relatively speaking. And most coffee roasters that I think produce quality coffee, uh, roasted coffee, roast mainly on convection, moving hot air across uh, the beans. And so coffee tumbles in a drum and hot air is sucked across. Usually, usually it's uh, natural gas jets or propane jets. Heats the air. The air is drawn across the coffee at a certain very specific rate and speed. And it, it makes the coffee, it turns the coffee to the colors that you want. And it, it's a, called a roast profile without getting into too much science about it, you know, the way you do it. It's just like a steak or a piece of meat. You cook it really, really fast. It's like a steak. The outside is done, but the inside is medium rare or something like that. But a roast, you know, you cook for a long time, and it changes the flavors of it. That's exactly how coffee is roasted. It just, it's a very specific application of heat over time. Okay. So that's how it's roasted. Now, that's, but that's the, that to me, that's the kind of easy part of roasting. Right. Blending coffee and finding the right coffees is the most difficult and ever-changing. Uh, it's an organic product, so if you went to the same farm, same place next year, the coffee's going to taste a bit different there. Just because it's an organic product, the, the weather patterns are a little different. The nutrients in the soil have changed a little bit. But uh, taking those coffees and making them taste the same because that's what, we, that's what most people want with their coffees. Most of the people want, most of the time, they want the coffee that they really enjoy. Yeah. You don't know, don't they, go changing the coffee flavor. Yeah. There, you know, there's some people that you want a special cup of coffee sometimes. You know, that's, but most people, when they get up in the morning, <laughs> they want their comfort coffee. You know, they want the right. same coffee again and again. And trying to kind of blend that and make that happen, you know, year to year, month to month, that's the, that's the real challenge with roasting coffee so and how do you actually go about blending these coffees together so uh, the way we did it uh was we had some advice from coffee my dad had been in coffee industry for several years by that time and so he had a number of people coffee brokers different coffee roasters and things like that and they kind of advised us on generally speaking what the taste was in our area and the kinds of coffees that go into that into that roast and so we just put together blind. I mean, we didn't know what we were doing really, but we started just generally speaking, following their directions and roasting a little bits of coffee and putting it into a blend and then inviting all of my dad's neighbors over to the house to <laughs> taste it until we came up. This was the one. Right. And that's really what we've stuck with ever since. Um, so, it, you know, this area is generally speaking is without giving away secrets. It's central right. and South American coffees <laughs> is what we've, generally prefer okay and so it's a blend of central and south american coffees so but in the beginning you were buying and then repackaging yeah the products from somebody in new orleans yes that's right okay. yeah so yeah we, we they were well 
say they're well known. They're a, they're still I think around, but they're a very small company, and and that's what they do, and they've been doing that for a long time. So we just kind of tasted their coffee and said, oh, we kind of like that, and that's what we went with for them. But when we developed our own, it was like it was really fun, you know. But we invited my dad's neighbors over. I, I don't know. It took us several weeks of putting little bits together and inviting them over and have them vote on it until we came up with the right one. Imagine taxiing on a plane looking toward the end of the runway. It seems so far away. It's even hard to see it. And that's what the concept of retirement probably felt like when you were in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, way far in the distance, not visible or even a concern. But as you turn 50, something happens. Retirement suddenly seems like something real, something not too far away. In your 50s, you are rolling down the runway. Retirement is getting closer and closer, faster and faster, weeks and months zipping by. But are you even ready for a successful takeoff to retirement? Fear not, there's still runway left. But the time is now. Time to make progress and time to get a plan. The Runway Decade will help you get organized, get energized, and give you the direction you need to take off to your desired retirement. The Runway Decade, building a pre-retirement flight plan in your 50s. So and now you all have operations here locally doing this roasting and blending, or is it still done at the farms and then shipped prepackaged? What is that? No, no, like? no. So uh, we buy our, the coffee raw. Okay. From from yeah from the different countries that we get it from. It comes. We buy it through brokers still, uh, but it, a lot of it comes through the port of New Orleans. Some th- some of it comes through Houston. We used to get all of our coffee used to come through New Orleans until Katrina. Really. And I think New Orleans used to be the largest coffee port in country until Katrina and it's just never recovered still still I mean they are recovering and they're doing more there and they still have certainly have a good bit of coffee coming through but it devastated the the, uh, coffee storage industry over there so then you'll have to shift all the way to Houston and have it shipped in here for during when Katrina happened and then shortly afterwards we even had to get some coffee from New Jersey which is another coffee port okay but yeah. And we had so logistically, it, it sounds like it a nightmare. Terrible. Oh, it's terrible. We went from going from getting the coffee from our neighbor right. in New Orleans <laughs> right. to, the, you know, at the closest, getting it trucked in from Houston. And then, eat, like I said, even sometimes because things were just shifting around so much, Katrina just wiped everything out and changed everything. So we ended up having to get some from New Jersey. And boy, yeah, the shipping cost alone was a huge difference. So, and from a from a storage standpoint of getting it, like from New Jersey, for example, you're buying the raw product. Yeah. Is there like a life cycle that this product can be before it has to get roasted? Like, I don't, I'm not very familiar yeah, on the yeah. coffee bean life cycle. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is until you're in the business, right? right. No, no, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I would say, generally speaking, coffee that is stored under good circumstances, raw, would keep it a flavor good enough for eight to twelve months. Eight to twelve as yeah. a raw bean, as a raw product. Yeah. Okay, because it's already dried and processed, and then it's sorted and then put in large sacks. You know, heat and humidity destroy the flavor slowly but surely over time. But for example, so when we get coffee in, it now it comes into the port of New Orleans, mm-hmm. and it it gets stripped out of the container right there. So it's come right from the country it's cut from. It goes into it goes into the port of New Orleans. It's stripped out. And it comes to it, so it gets to us. It was in the warehouse, uh, in the processing plant, in, in the country it came from, into my warehouse in two months. Okay. And then I keep it under really good conditions. Uh, I keep it in air conditioning and, and uh, humidity control warehouse, just for mainly for our comfort to work in. But it also keeps the coffee for much longer. And then we've got that the coffee's gone in four, four to five months at the most. Okay. So from the time it's harvested, you're looking at. The total use of the shipment in seven seven months, so half a year, you'll use yeah. all of the shipment. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So when y'all first initially started, and you were doing the actual roasting, at what point were you were you able to say comfortably, let's stop using this lady's roaster and let's start looking for our own expansion? Well, it, it, it kind of was a continuum. So we started roasting at her place, and you know, we were packing, and I have nightmares <laughs> nightmares about this. Packing all of these little bags by hand by myself. Um, and then 
uh, we slowly began to roast more than her. Okay. So then we had that conversation go over when she was like, you're using this machine more than I am. Yeah. Well, we had an agreement that, you know, we paid her for that by the hour for, to use her roaster. Right. But then we said, why don't we just roast your coffee for you Mm -hmm. and we'll roast our coffee and we'll work out the difference. And then eventually it got to be so much difference that we moved her roaster into our warehouse. So you just straight up bought her roasting, well, practice, well yeah. absorbed her roasting yeah, practice. Yeah, yeah, we did uh, for and for some time. Uh, as a matter of fact, she ended up. Well, it's kind of an inter- another interesting story, but we had up roasting for her. She sold at, uh, and I can't remember how long this was ago, but she sold to another person who took over her store, and we just continued the same relationship. Although by that time we had bought our own roaster. And so we had kind of mothballed hers and set it aside. And we were still roasting for her. We just owed her so much that, you know, we just kept, even though we were using our own roaster, you know, we just kept doing that because she was such a great person to help us out so much in the beginning. Uh, but this gentleman took over, and eventually we repaid the favor. He wanted to get back into roasting coffee, and so we helped him unmothball the old roaster, get it back in his store, one of the stores, taught him how to ro- uh, source green coffee and all that, and then how to roast coffee. And then he took it back over. Again. Yeah, the, cir- the circle of life with yeah. one roaster. Yeah. <laughs> that roaster, by the time we stopped roasting on it, was, I think, 35 years old. And is it still in, do you know if they still use it today? It's, uh, I don't know if it is or not. So this I is some equipment been, that lasts a long time. Yeah. German-made roasters, you know, this is a, Probat has been around for a long, long time, and that's what they do. Okay. And they make you know, German-made engineering, you know, German engineering for things are meant to last. Yeah, yeah for they, sure. they design it for longevity. Yeah, the, the one that we have now has been in service for 10 years, and we, as long as we keep up with the preventative maintenance and that sort of thing, we haven't had any major issues with it at all. So you all use one roaster for the entire company? Right now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so how does that? How does, how does that work from a supply standpoint? Because you have different blends, right? Yeah. So like yeah. one of your blends is Creole, which yeah. is your dark coffee. That's our medium dark. Medium Creole's dark. Okay. Medium. Gotcha. Yeah. I was about to say, that's, I think that's the one that I use for my lattes. I buy the whole it, beans and okay. I ground it up yeah. and make yeah. uh, espressos with it. Yeah. It does a good job for that. It's a nice and heavy coffee. So yeah. It does good for that. Uh, so the way roasting works, uh, we have our Baton Rouge blend, which is the blend I described to mm-hmm. you. The different coffees that you have, Acadian, Creole, and French, are just that that blend roasted differently. Okay, and so that gives a different flavor profile. It does. Yeah, it sure does. How you roast, how fast you roast it, and how how dark you roast it changes the flavor profile. Okay. So that's that's really what we do. We have this Baton Rouge blend. We call it a Baton Rouge blend, and we just roast it three different ways. So is it the blend that's sold across the state, and like, do y'all sell it? you have this blend sold elsewhere beyond the state or is it just for Baton Rouge? I mean, you say Baton Rouge yeah. blend. Is that just the only blend that's available? That's really, so to maybe back up a little bit, yeah, yeah. we are a coffee service company. Okay. That is what we do. So offices and restaurants and things like that, that is our main thrust. That's what we do and that's what we specialize in doing. We also have the retail side of things in the grocery stores, but that follows the service. Uh, so we don't get really far with our coffee. We don't go, we're not trying to because we're a service-based company. We only want to grow as far out as we can serve well. Uh, and so that kind of limits how far we go with our product. So, so now, uh, I would say our retail product gets as far as all of New Orleans on one side. We get to Lafayette on the other side, you know, um, it's about a 60 mile radius where we in general so what led to that decision to be contained to that size uh my dad was all about service okay and we have a big competitor in our area and we thought what are they what are they missing and so we thought service was where we could really change things i'll give you a good example of what we do that none of our competitors do is you have our service in your office and you want to be doing your video and interviewing people. You don't want to be worried about making your coffee and things like that. So we provide the equipment 
that goes along with your coffee brewing supplies. If anything goes wrong with that and you call us, we have, if it's a coffee stoppage issue, we fix it in two hours. Really? Yeah, and so that's our service standard. Uh, you know, sometimes we're not perfect about it, but we really are pretty close to perfect. Welcome to the brand new Falaya mobile app. We took all the same tech that's helped hundreds of people sell their homes themselves and packed it into an easy to use app for your phone. When you download the Falaya mobile app on either the Apple or Android app store, you'll immediately be able to see the power of this game-changing tool. From the seller's dashboard, you can navigate to all the information that you need. We intentionally separated everything into key groups, such as tasks to be completed, buyer leads for your listing, and contact information for everyone involved through closing. When you get an offer on your property, you can simply review and respond all within the app. No matter where you are in the world, you'll be able to monitor everything that's going on with your property from listed to sold. It's truly the power of Falaya in the palm of your hand. Download the app and see for yourself. Falaya, it's real estate reimagined. We're really serious about that. That's one of the things that we do that we don't think anybody else can do. They're not, or they're not doing it anyway. So the difference is you're not just selling the product and saying the relationship <clears throat> stops here to the next reorder point. Right. You're more so if the equipment that you have is built for our coffee, it's sourced, and we're giving you the setup that we think yeah. is ideal. Yeah, absolutely. That's that next level that you're providing yeah. as yeah. you know the coffee service yeah. team, I guess. So that's the main thing is we're a service folks, you know, and, and we're growing as we're continuing to grow organically, you know, a little bit farther and a little bit farther every day. And we're certainly one to continue to grow. Uh, we did have a big knockback with, with uh, COVID that yeah. really set us back pretty far, but we're back to it again. And we're, we're out pushing the envelope again and pushing our boundaries. And, you know, we're hoping to continue to grow. So, and on that business model during the, the pandemic area, you had the restaurants get closed. Yeah. What were the internal conversations from the business side of, do y'all adapt and shift to push more retail so people can still purchase and drink it? Like, yeah. if people aren't going to restaurants, yeah. people still are drinking their coffee yeah. every single day. They did do that. Uh, we noticed, and actually the interesting is kind of been reversing itself over the last 12 months. Okay. You know, uh, yeah, but so that's exactly what happened. Uh, restaurants shut down, offices shut down. Everybody was getting their, that's where they were getting the majority of their coffee. Most folks would go to their offices and that's where they would drink coffee. Mm -hmm. But uh, they wound up staying at home. And so more, much more retail coffee was being sold. And so while you saw our office coffee service product sales plummet, you saw the retail sales go up quite a bit. And it's funny, like I said, starting to notice there's reversing now. OCS is, is content. Our, that's what we call it, OCS, Office Coffee Service. <laughs> Sorry. I say something that I... <laughs> yeah, OCS, Office Coffee yeah, Service. Office Got it. Office Coffee Service. Uh, those sales are really starting to pick up again and continuing to grow and grow and grow on their own. And that means like on a per, per customer basis. Okay. So, you know, customers for a while, even when, when COVID, if they were still operating, were operating on a skeleton crew at the office. Mm. There weren't that many people, but we're noticing more and more and more people are coming back to the office. And so we are noticing, even though it, our retail is growing, it has slowed a lot. And we think that's part of the reason why is people are having their coffee back at the office again. Yeah. The, the shift yeah. has occurred that people are now back working in the office yeah. and they're no longer working from home as much as much. Right. But even then, I mean, coffee is such a product that people have their flavor, their specific cup that they want, that mm -hmm. when they're not at the office, they got to have yes. that specific cup of coffee at home. Yeah. Yeah. So it just kind of makes sense that if they're going to be working from home, they're still going to continue that same, hey, what are the, what's the coffee we have at the office? Yeah. And that's yeah. what I want to have at the house. Uh, it, we, do, we do that both ways. As a matter of fact, that is why we do a retail product. My dad initially wanted to just do office coffee service. Okay. But uh, like I said, he had a lot of contacts in the, in the coffee world. And I, and I cannot remember this gentleman's name, but he stopped by and talked to my, da my dad. He was Oh, this guy used to be a CEO of a big coffee company. He's retired now. He, he was talking to us. And he, I remember him telling my dad, 
if you want to be a significant coffee player in this area, you have to be in all avenues of coffee. So you have to be in the grocery stores. You need to be in the coffee shops. You need to be in all those avenues if you want. And it has been absolutely true. <laughs> that was the best early on advice we ever got. Uh, so being in the grocery stores helps the office coffee service and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, because it's, I know when I travel and I get a cup of coffee at either a restaurant or somewhere else and it's not in Louisiana or it's not used to the Louisiana, the Baton Rouge blend, right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is just not a good cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there's, there's nothing here, you know? Yeah. And then the first thing I want when I get home is like, I need my, my homebrew cup yeah. of coffee That's so right. I can get back into my <laughs> system, get back in my groove yeah. Yeah. because you don't, I guess you don't think about it until it changes how yeah. much that routine of a coffee, really if you're is. a coffee drinker, yeah. you know, how much of that, of your routine is impacted by the flavor really of what you drink in the morning. It's yeah. And, and like you, you pointed out too, you don't even have to go far to have different coffee. Oh yeah. Southern Louisiana is very specific about the kinds of coffee we like. If you go over just to Texas, start even before you get to Texas, you'll start going into restaurants and things and the coffee will be different. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and even the coffee, the coffee shops that have their own cups of coffee and their own blends of coffee, oh, yeah. you start having some of that. And like, there are some places that I won't go to just because I despise the flavor of their coffee. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just, <laughs> I can't get behind that cup of coffee. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's just not, it's just not for me. But then there's yeah. others that they have to get their cup of coffee from XYZ shop yeah. every single morning. Yeah, I know. Coffee is fun. <laughs> yeah. So is there ever plans to go and open up like a River Road coffee shop? We talk about it all the time and then say no. <laughs> <laughs> what What's the no decision well, factor? It's a different business model. I mean, so we do coffee service, which is preparing the coffee at our office and making it all ready and bringing it out to our customer. A coffee shop is more like a restaurant, mm -hmm. which is a totally different business. And so it's, it's just too much for us to pivot over to that and do that and think we could do it well. You know, we may do that as we grow larger and, you know, we're really looking to, to branch out and do something different. But right now, I mean, we're really enjoying doing what we're doing and it, I think it'd be a distraction you know, to us to try to figure that out and make it work right and do a good job. Well, yeah, still maintain the brand image would yeah. be the tough part that everybody expects with your name and your company if you throw out there and say, oh, now we've got, you know, River Road yeah. Coffee drive through Yeah, I mean, it might happen one day. We talk about it. It would be fun, you know. I think advertising would be one of the reasons to do it, you know. Um, <clears throat> but I guess we also work with a lot of restaurants. That's a large portion of our business. Maybe we serve maybe 70, 75 restaurants. And you see how hard a restaurant is to run. If you ever talk to restaurant people, you know, you need to shake their hand. If they're running a successful restaurant, it's really, really, really hard. I, it's some staggering number, like 80% of them fail in the first year. Oh, yeah. You know, and, the, and those people are working 16 hours a day or more. The, the, the service industry is one of the most challenging industries yeah. from just a time commitment and a physical and yeah. mental just state you have to be in to make that happen. Because if you have one bad customer, it could potentially ruin your whole afternoon. Especially these days with social media. Somebody can go post out right. and ruin a lot more than just your day even. Uh, yeah, you're not even, you're talking about a digital footprint at that point yeah. where just one post, one review, one bad yeah. thing about the business, yeah. which I mean any business is, is susceptible to that. But yeah. restaurants more immediate. Yeah. You know, because if I pull up, and I see a bad first review, it's like, mm, maybe I don't want to go yeah, eat that, there. It's really true. You know, it's kind of strange that that's the way, but it is, does happen that way. So anyway, that being said, that's that's a whole different business. I'm not ready to, to, to get into that yet, but we may do that one day. So on that conversation of, of marketing and getting the brand out there, you're kind of more of a behind-the-scenes coffee brand, right? Because not everybody's going to sit in the restaurant and ask, what kind of coffee that's do you right. have? They just say, I want a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We talk about that internally. Uh, one, two, two things. Yes, first of all, yeah. You, you've, I'm sure you've had my coffee at restaurants and don't even know it. Yeah. Because it's in the behind the scenes for sure. You know, offices, more you might know it a little bit better. But I think that's a funny thing that we deal with is it's a curse. Uh, it's a well-known 
kind of phenomena that if you never have a particular problem with a service that you have, <clears throat> you may even forget who you're dealing with, you know, because it just it works so seamlessly that you just pay the bill and you may not even think about who you're dealing with anymore. Right. And so <laughs> we try to figure out how to overcome that. <laughs> you know? How do you overcome working so smoothly yeah, and efficiently? We keep thinking of ways to get ourselves, you know, when you put out a coffee service and it's the same coffee service that you go to every morning, it kind of disappears a little bit. And you, that's the place to get coffee. That's not River Road's place. That's mm -hmm. where you, that, and so you kind of disappear a little bit. So we try to find ways to put little decorations out or things like that to help remind people to do that. And we do some special things from time to time to try to keep up with that. But it's funny that it's a curse. You know, you almost want to mess up sometimes so you can go fix it right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Lake Men's Health Center with our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group. Guys, I know it's tough to get out and go to the doctor. I know it's challenging to find time in our busy days, but I promise you signing up to be a part of this group with Dr. Curtis Chastain and Dr. Tyler Boudreaux, you won't regret it for several reasons, but most of those being the fact of the time it saves, where you're able to get in on the same day, get that appointment done, and spend that time you need to talk with them about what your health goals and concerns are, as well as ensuring that the financial investments you have, you will be able to live out and see those come to fruition. So if you're an investing guy, you know all about and planning for the future and investing in the future. There's no other more important thing to invest in than your health. Make sure you go check them out. Our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group Men's Health Center and tell them Patty G sent you. There is strategic marketing <laughs> companies that, that will often, it's how you repair yeah. what has been broken That's can right. often be a shining moment for I you. Think I know personally dealing with things, that makes a, a huge difference to me. If something goes wrong, I expect things to go wrong from time to time. Right. But how they fix it is definitely a huge, a huge bonus or minus for them. Yeah, if you don't fix it right. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's if it's done right and you actually have a great disaster recovery plan in place, yeah then people are going to remember that way more than what actually failed in the beginning, yeah. you know, yeah. but it's, well, this is why we kind of have our two hour rule. Okay. What's the two hour rule? We fix coffee outages oh, in two okay. hours. I mean, that's why that's part of the reason why we do that is that is excellent customer service. Yeah. You're without coffee. It's the world's not going to end. You know, you can run on coffee for, without coffee for a little while, but man, if we get out there and fix it right away, the customer notices that. Right away, they notice. And then they remember who they're working and with. And then they remember who they're working <laughs> with. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. You know? So that's a, a, I find it funny that the because our service is so good, it, we sometimes just disappear a little bit. But it, in the restaurant business, they, they all talk to different restaurant owners. So it's yeah. easy to spread the word there when a new restaurant comes into play and they go, oh, who do you use yeah. for a coffee provider? But I'm sure at some points they're like, you know, I don't really know yeah. who we use. Well, after a while, you know, some of our customers have for 20 years, you know, and they're like, who do we use again? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always great, whatever we do, but just yeah, yeah. Who, someone find that vendor name and let me know who it is. But it's, yeah. it, it is a challenge as a shadow organization that is often more times in the background, yeah. unless you see a truck driving yeah. to go deliver to a customer right. Or you happen to get a glimpse of those back and forth swinging doors and you see yeah. the coffee pot in the background yeah. Yeah. of a restaurant, you often don't ever really see the brand. Yeah. But then you always see it if you're in a retail environment. Right. You see that brand. But if you don't know that that's what you've been drinking, wherever you've been going, you're hesitant to purchase yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, you know, in this industry, in this, in this market, we're the small guys. We're the really small guys compared to our next competitors. And, yeah, so being seen sometimes is difficult. You know, but that's, that's the way we're, we're aware of that, you know. And <laughs> we, we, we've learned how to live with that and how to, to get along with that and, and still make good headway. I was about to say, it still kind of helps with controlled growth. You know, oftentimes yeah. organizations will be too loud on the megaphone and be too yeah. out there that they then can't handle the same level of customer yeah. service or even product quality. Yeah, when they right. try to grow too quick. Yeah, this is what I have to tell. I have to sometimes rein my salespeople in back a little bit, you know. Uh, an example would be there's a, a, an office that's just wanting to switch over to us, but they have a, a satellite office in Mississippi. 
know, you can't serve that office. And I was like, well, why don't we just ship them coffee? He's like, because we won't be able to give them our service. Mm-hmm. And that's what we really do. And so I have sometimes we have to rein ourselves in and unfortunately turn down some business if it's too far outside of our service area. Yeah, well, you know. at, or do you have like a map of, I'm thinking like how do we plan where the next move is? Is like a map of pins, right? We have got so many businesses in this area have been asking and we've been telling them no. Maybe we need to figure out a way to yeah. put our own satellite location yeah. there to still maintain that two-hour service yeah. window. Yeah, yeah. Well, right now we think just because of the way things have gone, especially recently, there is so much business within our current range that we're just focusing on that. And we're getting lots of new business, so we're we're okay with that for now. <laughs> you Keep, know? Be, 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 be absorbent of everything yeah. within that radius first. My dad said, you, you know, the best customer you can get is the one that's across the street. Oh, yeah. Because they're easy to take care of. If there's a problem, you're right there. And so we sort of use that method to think about what we're doing. You know, it says, hey, let's go to let's go to Mississippi. It's like, well, how about Baton Rouge? Did you get everybody in Baton Rouge yet? No? Well, let's do that then. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's still more people to call there's in There's still area. more people to call on. Yeah, for sure. It really is true. And so right now, we're after COVID, we are back into revamping our sales effort and get back on track. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're starting across the street, and then we're going one street over, and then we're going one street over, and we're trying to get back into the swing of calling on all of our neighbors. So from a introductory standpoint of a new business signing on, what does that process look like for them? If they call you and say, hey, we got an office of 25 people, yeah. we want your service, what, is, what, are the, what are the steps? What's the onboarding process? Well, usually what we like to do is if we get that phone call or we've stopped into an office that that's the case, we want to prove ourselves. We want you to buy coffee from us for the right reason. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in higher quality coffee and a better service, we want to come in and prove it to you first. So we want to come in and make you a cup of coffee. Okay. You know, that's number one for us. Do you like the coffee? If you don't like the coffee, then there's no reason for us to keep keep talking. Well, that's not it usually doesn't happen, <laughs> but we usually do that. We usually have a t- tasting where we come in and we'll make some coffee. Maybe we do a little coffee social where we'll bring in some donuts or some cookies or something, and we'll have with your staff and make sure that y'all enjoy the coffee. And we and we have the right selection of coffee for you. You know, we have three different blends, three different roasts, and maybe y'all prefer one over another one. So we get that going first. And then, I mean, that's, that's, that's the end of the complication. You know, we, we are experts in what you need to make coffee for your size office. So we'll provide the correct equipment for you. You know, we'll work with you on where it might go and, you know, things like that and help organize it. But, but that's about it. Um, you know, we take care of the rest. We, it's, it's, that, it's really that, that easy. It's really that easy. <laughs> you know, that is what we do. I mean, we know, we know how to serve you. We know what you need. And we know how to keep track of everything so you don't have a problem. That's, that's our goal. So from an equipment standpoint, what does that piece look like? Are you just saying use this, this pot blender, or do you actually have designated River Road branded products well, uh, that they're given? We use a high-quality. It's Bunomatic is the main equipment that we use. It's okay. a line of, line of commercial coffee brewers. And there's just all sorts of different versions of them, but they all pretty much do the same thing. <laughs> you know, they... They brew coffee in about three to four minutes. They're real fast brew. This is why you might, you ever go to a restaurant, you say, oh, I really love this coffee. And you drink, you say, oh, it's River Road Coffee's Creole. And you go home and you take that very same coffee in your coffee maker and make it. It doesn't quite taste the same. It's like, man, this is not as good. I wonder what happened. The brewer makes a difference. Okay. Yeah. So that's just an interesting fact. But I mean, that's, yeah. that's, uh, so that, yeah, we provide the, whatever your office needs. If you have, multiple stations that we will either have multiple brewers or we have different servers that you can take to different places and use so yeah i mean just we fit what needs to be done so going down that that science road of the coffee and the different roast levels from my understanding some roast levels have more caffeine levels than others so like the medium dark and light is there some truth to that there, there is I would say it like that. <laughs> there is some truth to that. Okay. So the two things you have to think about, um, are you talking about measuring it by weight or by volume? Okay. Because coffee puffs up like popcorn. Right. Not so dramatic, but it puffs up. And so the darker you roast something, 
the larger it gets. And so if you're scooping it, you're actually per scoop, you're getting less caffeine because the same amount of caffeine is in the bean per okay. bean. And since right. the bean is larger, it's a bigger volume. So you're going to actually scoop fewer beans. So you'll get less caffeine. But if you're doing it by weight, then it's the other way around because uh, darker roasted coffee is lighter per bean because you've roasted away all the water and liquids in the, in the coffee. Statistically speaking, the darker roasted coffee does some of the caffeine does get burnt off. Okay, but it's so all of this that we're talking about yeah. is so little caffeine difference that no one could really tell the difference. I don't think anybody could take a sip of one coffee or drink a cup of that one day and then a cup of another one another day and go, oh, I got way more caffeine on this one. Okay. It's such a small difference. So there is some truth to that. <laughs> I was about to say, okay, I was I was always told, and sounds kind of along the same lines of like the lighter roasted coffee is more caffeine, but I could definitely see where it's like immeasurable difference. It's really from a, one cup on a Monday versus this different cup on a it's Tuesday. It's really small, but it is true. Okay, <laughs> good to know. Yeah, it is true. So in the, for example, for like making the espresso coffee, yeah. they use a darker roast and they mash it in there. So yeah. they use that because it's puffed up and it can. No, that's just a preference. Okay. Uh, one of the things that you brought up that I thought I think maybe related to this, you say I go to some coffee shops and I just don't like their coffee. Mm -hmm. Some, a lot of coffee shops these days, especially not here, but it's creeping in. They're using lighter and lighter and lighter coffees for espresso. Okay. It used to be strictly espresso was a dark roast. And sometimes it was a very dark roasted coffee was the historical way to make espresso. But now they're lighter and lighter and lighter. I think you can go to Whole Foods and I think all they have is a medium roast is what they use for their espresso. So why, why is that? I don't care for it. <laughs> so I don't know. I think uh, uh, they feel like they might get different and better flavors out of a lighter roasted coffee. Okay. Which is, that that to some extent is true. Uh, when you The darker you roast coffee... The more you roast away its individual characteristics, you know, coffee is like wine. You know, mm -hmm. the different flavor profiles are just staggering on what you can find in coffee. But the darker you roast it, the the more of those little characteristics get roasted away. So in that respect, I think it they're they're right that they will get. But I guess everybody has their comfort coffee, like we've talked about. And to me, a, an espresso coffee with a latte or something like that. It's supposed to be a dark roast coffee. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, you know, I, I, and, I agree and that's what with I enjoy. That, yeah. And I really just don't care for it. So I guess it's just personal preference for the most part. Thank you so very much to Currency Bank, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. If you're looking for a business bank that fosters on three core values, relationships, service, and technology, Currency Bank is the place for you. They pride themselves on convenient, accessible, and secure online banking resources where you can manage your account balances, initiate transfers, enroll with e-statements, and more via their online portal. Between the relationships, the service, and the technology, they are going to be that partner with your business every step of the way, regardless of what you need. Currency Bank is the bank for business owners. Okay, well, I wonder if you say so you're saying something about the weight from the dark versus the light. I wonder if that has an impact. They get more bang for their buck out yeah. of the individual beans with the light as opposed yeah. to the dark. Uh, that could be that could be one of the reasons why to do it. You know. I don't know. We're we'll have, have to dive. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm figure that curious out. about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to. Kind of go back. You said in the beginning the name River Road had uh, a funny story associated with it. Only funny because it's not like a romantic story. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, my dad was from Bruley, and, and I think he's actually from Clotsville, which is a city that doesn't exist any any longer. Okay. Um, and his family was all from up and down on the river, River Road. So that was kind of the idea that we kind of got started with. But my sister is a marketing and design person. She runs a little company in New Orleans that that's what they do. And she was like, oh, it's got to be River Road. <laughs> it's got to be River Road. River Road, it's it's who we are. It's our area in the, in the country. It's Baton Rouge is on the River Road. New Orleans is on the River Road. That's what we, who we are as a people in this area. So it's it was done mainly for a marketing reason. But I mean, my sister decided that. She was like, this has got to be what it is. 
So, and do y'all have a, an office or facility on the river? Mm-mm. No, that's what I mean. It's funny. That's why it's funny. <laughs> I'm thinking like, all right, so river roads, so you got to be somewhere along yeah. the river yeah. just to maintain that. Yeah, that name. should, right? We need to get back to that. Maybe you should put your restaurant, the, your, your hey, coffee shop you on go. the river. There we go. That would be a good idea. <laughs> but no, it, it uh, my family is all from that, you know, uh, from those areas, River Road. That was, so that's where it kind of came from. But my sister ran with it, with a marketing. So we, we talked in the beginning a little bit about the, e-theory i think it was the book about the, the generation the, the e-myth yeah yeah so is that laying true to to river road coffee do you have a third generation kind of starting to get involved we, in the business we don't we don't uh i don't have kids and so i don't have that coming up and my nieces and nephews are all doing something else so yeah i don't think uh, it won't go past me as far as being in the family i have some some folks that are interested in you know, working towards and taking over the business at a later date. Right. But, you know, it's not going to go past past me and the generation. Hey, but it's it's still a family, family-owned, operated business for yeah. the time being. We operate it that way. You know, yeah. we think of our, our team members as family. You know, so that that's, you know, we do still operate ourselves very much like a family business. And I think family businesses have a total different operation mindset when it comes to that, you know, yeah. when it's you, you have this family run business, they're not really thinking as corporate as yeah. others who have been hired to replace them as CEO come along yeah. and you get this sense of, no, we're still part of the family. It's still a tight knit yeah. organization. But then at some point it's like you either have it where the family is no longer interested. Yeah. And so then it has to go corporate. And it's like, yeah. how do you maintain that value even after the family's gone? Yeah. You know, I'd say, yeah, it's very different. I feel like I feel like my goals are different than a corporate goal. My goal is to work in a place with people that I like and having a good time and having a work-life balance, and that's what's important to me. Of course, I want to make profit, and I want to grow, and I want to make money. Of course I am, but that's right. not way in the lead of what's important to me. And I think that comes across, and, you know, I have a lot of people work for me, a lot of them will come and they're in a big sales job where they're making a lot of money, but they're miserable. They're miserable. So they'll come work. They'll work for a little bit less for a little while until they you know, get their book of business going. But their life is much more enjoyable. They get to spend time with their kids and they get to go to the recitals, and, you know, all that sort of stuff that they couldn't do with their, their corporate jobs. Cause they, I mean, they had to be at it hard all the time with no balance because the goal was one thing. Yeah. When you have that profit-only driven goal, the last two years, three years have really proven that if you're going to work somewhere, you have to enjoy every minute of it, or at least a bulk of it. Yeah. And people, I feel, have stopped just accepting what they were in. Yeah. They stopped being like, no, it's okay. One day it'll get better. And the last two or three years kind of taught people that, no, you, if you're not happy, you need to leave now yeah. and figure something else out. Life's too short for that. Just, uh, I, I think that's important to me. I don't want to go to work in a place that I don't like the people. Or, I, you know, I do have the control of that, right? It's my <laughs> business. But still, but I, I use that. If I want that, that's what I want for my people, too. So I try to make a place, our place that, our business, a place where people want to go and achieve something and do something. and, and But be happy about it. <laughs> right. Well, And it's also, at the end of the day, it's coffee. Yeah, you know, like they, like there's there's some businesses where yeah. like we've had we've had a couple of folks on here that that own breweries and it's like you know at the end of the day the pro like think about the product <laughs> yeah. and the end user that we're delivering. You Nobody's know? unhappy to see us when we come, right? That's you're right about that for yeah. sure. Especially when you come and it's something's not right when yeah. you show up, you're like, oh yes, you're oh, here I'll now. Get my coffee. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I I totally. It's not like I hate. I don't know. Pick on it like insurance. Nobody wants to deal with insurance if they don't have to. Right. You know, but coffee, people like coffee. It's fun. And it, it brings people together too. You know, it's, oh yeah, it's, it's a conversation piece. People go to meet at coffee shops to have a cup yeah. of coffee and talk and chat and do business dealings. And yeah. so it's this cup of community yeah. that brings people together whenever they're either in the morning or evenings or what have you. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, it's kind of changed a little bit in our grandparents time. It was sitting around the, the kitchen table having your cup of coffee you right know? now it's meeting at the coffee shops it's still the same 
you know, just maybe the location's changed a little bit. Yeah, or you're drinking it on the road on on your way to the office. <laughs> I hope I hope you just continue to drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> you can drink it anywhere you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's not location specific. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so what's what's on the horizon for River Road Coffee? Well, we are growing. I mean, we're we're spending a lot of time this year. Uh, we turned around a lot of the loss from COVID. This year was last year rather. Twenty twenty three was a rebuilding year. Um, we hope we're, we are going to exceed our twenty nineteen numbers this year for sure by a good bit. And you know, it really made me read the stress and the difficulty of it. Made me rethink the way we do some things in the business. And I think that's going to pay pay for itself in the future. I don't want to ever do that again, you know. But I. I change some things that I think are going to profit us much more in the future. The way we do sales and the way we deliver and the way we get things done. I had to rethink it. And I think it's, it's paying for itself now and it's really starting to come out for us. And uh, So I think over the next few years, you're going to see a lot more River Road coffees. You're going to see us much more frequently. You're going to see us farther away. We are going to grow the, the footprint you know, slowly but surely. Um, other than that, we think the internals are good. Our service ideas are, are excellent. You know, they're second to none. The quality of the co- and freshness of the coffee is still excellent. We're gonna we're not gonna stop doing that. So, I think the only thing we're gonna do is grow. So, what are the the cities and the areas that y'all are servicing? Just for those listening, if they're curious about adding yeah. y'all to their restaurant or business. The easy way, I like I said, is maybe like a sixty mile radius. But we'll get into, we're touching our service into Kenner Metairie in New Orleans a little bit. Uh, we're over there some. Uh, we have a little bit going on in Lafayette. But other than that, like um, Clinton and I'm trying to think, uh, Clinton, uh, St. Francisville, New Roads, uh, I'm trying to think, Gonzales and Prairieville and Geismer and. Uh, that's kind of the, the range. You know, it's, there are some little hits and misses where there's nothing in between, you know. Right. But, uh, yeah, that's I'm trying to think of a, way, a better way to describe it. But that's kind of it. If you think of it, look at a map of Baton Rouge and think about a 60-mile radius, pretty sure we'll be there, you know, uh, farther in some cases. But that's a good solid start. This episode is proudly presented by Gage. Gage is a local company here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. For over 40 years, Gage has provided businesses with the very best telecommunications, IT, and standby power services available. Gage has a variety of services, including Gage Cloud Voice. It is the last phone system your business will ever need. You need to give your business the ability to be accessible anytime, anywhere, and with Gage's cloud-based phone system, you'll be able to accomplish just that. Not only do they have Gage Cloud Voice, they have fully managed IT services that are proactive network monitoring, 24 7 365 help desk business continuity they are there for you what you're also going to need is some cybersecurity. gauge is there to safeguard your business from potential cyber threats even when you aren't aware they exist gauge also is power and leaders and standby generators they are the number one cummins dealer on the gulf coast and provide generators to homes and businesses of any size so you can keep life going gauge Better Connected, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. Okay, so 60 Mile Race in Baton Rouge, still able to maintain their your, your two-hour yeah. window of service. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I love it. So yeah. as we start to kind of wind down the show, we have a set list of questions we ask okay. every guest. The first one is, what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? Oh, man. <laughs> something that I did as a kid... I wish I could still do today. I, I mean, I wish I had as much energy as a, as a kid. You know, you could you usually when you I can remember as a kid running just because you felt like it. That, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it wasn't an exercise or something like that. You just were like I gotta go. And I, <laughs> I have I have like a two and a half year old, and it's. In the afternoons, we get home from work. We're like, all right, we're just going to run. 
Just run them down the yeah. street, burn yeah. that energy off <laughs> some kind of way. Yeah. Just get that energy out. Yeah. So I wish I still had that. I wish I still had that energy. Yeah, I I, I relate to that. <laughs> That'd be nice. Have have youthful energy. Mm. So being in the family business and growing it to the point where you're at now, what are three lessons you've learned along the way? Um, communication is difficult. It was uh, something I, I, I struggled to learn early on working for my dad. Um, sounds like communication should be easy. We're talking right now. Right. But communication is difficult. you got to work at it. Uh, what else have I learned? You have to work hard. You really do. Uh, we, to make a funny story about that, we were uh, invited by an LSU professor to come give a talk to the entrepreneur class. Okay. And um, the professor went around the room and asked all the kids why they were in the in that class and what they're in, why they were interested in being an entrepreneur. And one of the kids said, because I just don't want to work that much. And we would laugh because like, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong field. You're in the wrong field. If you don't want to work much, <laughs> do something else. Yeah. Go, go, uh, go find a, a much different job that somebody yeah. else has created to allow yeah. a low work schedule. Yeah. I guess, you know, and the last thing really, I think, up with a hundred things but be reliable personally and in business you know people count if they can count on you at work and at home and your customers and everything people people want that people like that they appreciate it yeah and i think all three of those are so important regardless of industry right communications is hard but you got to do it yeah i always tell people if they're like if you're doing business with me i would rather over communicate than under yeah because at least it's been said. Yeah. You know, la- last <laughs> last thing I want is to have something happen and was like, well, if you just would have told me, yeah. if you just would have said this, yeah. if you just would have brought it to me, like yeah. just, I know it's hard to say the bad things, but at least just, let's just bring know. it up to the table. We got to know. We can't fix it if we don't know. Absolutely. So regardless of how hard it is, just like overly communicate that, yep. Yep. you know, and then the, the working hard, yeah, there's like a change of pace where people just don't necessarily want to put forth all of the effort and energy, which I get to an extent, right? You yeah. got to control burnout. You don't want them to be burnout and working too much. Yeah. But also at the end of the day, we as a human race have to keep pushing things forward, yeah. which requires work. Yeah. And the work we're doing is often a whole lot easier than those that oh, came before sure. us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, if you can pick sure. up your phone and talk to somebody across the globe, that's a whole lot yeah. easier than what happened way Imagine what ago. it used to be like when you had, no, I mean, maybe a beeper. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe a beeper or yeah, even, wow. you know, back in the farming days when you had people, Nothing. like, how do you how do you know where to bring yeah. your products and expand and grow and all that stuff? So you know, I think that yeah. those, those three hit kind of an industry broad or, you know, a, a non-specific industry kind of table. Yeah. So. Being in Baton Rouge and being so centrally located within the 60-mile radius, what is something you love about Baton Rouge? It's all the people, I guess. You know, uh, my friends in the in the business world, they're, they're some of the most honest, hardworking people I know. And I, I guess it could be the same elsewhere. I don't know, but I, I, I love the people that are my friends and, and the culture is great. Food is great. The people are fun, and uh, I think that's. I mean, I hadn't thought about it too terribly <laughs> much like that, but uh, the people are just great. You know, uh, I've been other places, and people don't seem to be quite as friendly as they are here. Oh yeah, and uh, and I, all the people that I know, I know not, it's not a hundred percent, but not everybody's honest and forthright. But I find that to be largely true here. And so I like working here like the people, like the business and the food, everything. <laughs> yeah, it's got a very inviting business culture within yeah. the community. You know, there's there, there's only so many lengths of a connection you have to get before you want to meet that specific person. You know, it's like generally two or three arms lengths, and you can yeah. talk to somebody you want to talk to Yeah, just because yeah. of how close everybody is in the community. I think 
think so. Yeah. So for the final question is, what can I do to help you? Well, you already do it. <laughs> you drink my coffee. <laughs> I do, yeah. Uh, that's, you know, we just hope that uh, you talk good about us, uh, introduce our product to, to your friends and, and neighbors, that, and I guess this, you know, get this out and let people see who we are. Yeah. You know, I think that's how you can help me. Try my coffee, that's drink my coffee, part. See, give it to your friends, and get our, help us get our name out there. Well, we will uh, we'll do everything in our power we can to make that happen. So. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate your time and uh, of your product. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having <laughs> me on. <laughs> so thank you so much. And uh, thank you, everybody else, for watching or listening to the show, whatever platform you're consuming us on. I'm really appreciative of that. I'm very excited for our upcoming season that we have this year. We've got some great people just like we had today. So stay tuned. And if you're a business or you're just a coffee consumer, Make sure to check out River Road Coffees at your next purchase. And just, yeah, if you're at a restaurant or a business, ask them what they're serving and see if it is River Road Coffee. And if not, you know, ask me if they've heard about them. So we're going to link up their website and everything in the show notes. So be sure to reach out to them. Let them know you heard about them here on the Patty G Show. Without further ado, we'll see you all on the next one.